Because Alice Through the Looking Glass is still in theaters at the time of this recording, the first portion of our review will be spoiler-free. Thanks to your support, The Productive Woman, The Audacity to Podcast, and Once, Once Upon a Time Podcast are finalists in the 11th Annual People's Choice Podcast Awards. Thank you very much. Please show your continued awesomeness by voting for our podcast every day, May 29th through June 12th. For quick instructions, our endorsements, and voting reminders, please go to noodle.mx slash podcast awards. And thank you for your amazing support. You're listening to Once, episode 253, Alice Through the Looking Glass. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. And I'm Jenny. We recently got to see the movie Alice Through the Looking Glass, and it's a, a really fun movie that we wanted to share with you our thoughts, because this is the continuation of the Alice in Wonderland story, and since that's a fairy tale and ties in with Once Upon a Time, we knew you'd be interested in it as well. And it's from Disney, so it has that nice Disney magic to it, and it's a really fun story. So we wanted to share this with you, and if you'd like to share this episode or get the show notes or any links and stuff that we mentioned, please go to the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 253. And again, the first portion of our review will be spoiler-free so listen to this before you see the movie, and then we'll tell you when the spoilers come in. Jenny, what do you think overall? I really enjoyed it. I I really enjoyed it. <laughs> now, you were a really big fan of the first. Yeah, movie. yeah. I love Tim Burton's style. I it's so much fun to watch, and I like that it was kind of I guess just the style of like the costumes and and. Everything. I just love it. Tim Burton is great at doing fairy tale land sort of stuff because of all of the visual frills and his attention to detail in certain things and just the the magical way that he has of pulling out acting from characters and telling a story in a really mm-hmm. fun way. And and Johnny Depp certainly makes it a lot of fun too. Yeah. I like the grungy type of costumes too. Mm. I love that style. Now, you were a big fan of the first Alice in Wonderland movie. I was. How do you think this movie compared to the first one, the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland? I think the first one was really good, and you can't see the second one without it. But the second one, I think it was a little bit better. I think I liked the first one better, because although the second one, Through the Looking Glass, is a lot of fun, I think the first one tied in with the original Alice in Wonderland story more. And there was something special about seeing an Alice who forgot who she was Mm. come back to Wonderland and kind of re-experience Wonderland. She thought she was dreaming, though. Yeah. And I really liked how they did that in the first one. But now here in Through the Looking Glass, Alice knows exactly who she is. She knows exactly what wonderland is about so it's kind of like okay now let's move on with something else so it is fun i would say it's just a little bit below the first one for me oh really yeah i think my favorite part about this movie was 
getting to see the backstories of most of the Wonderland characters. That was so much fun. Yeah, it's it's. I was really confused about this when I saw the trailers. I was thinking it's a prequel, or is it a sequel? But it has <laughs> the name of the sequel, sort of sequel to Alice in Wonderland, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, where the Alice in Wonderland that Tim Burton previously did was more based on somewhat on Alice through the looking glass. Whereas this movie is called Alice through the looking glass and it's based on simply the characters. This was an original story as much as I could tell. And even in the the credits, it said based on characters created by uh, Mr. Carol. I think one of my favorite Alice moments was when she said, you know my thoughts on that word. And that was in response to someone saying, that's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot in this about what's possible and impossible, mm-hmm. a recurring theme, certainly. A couple of the other recurring themes in Alice Through the Looking Glass are womanly strength, that uh, she's not this delicate teacup. Yeah, but she's that, anything but. <laughs> yeah, and, and that it's empowering to many women to know that they don't only have to fit into some kind of stereotype or some kind of mold, but if they have visions for certain things, there are ways to do that and also do that with the family too. But family was another big part of this in multiple realms, so to speak. Yeah, I'd say that's the overarching thing, uh, making peace with each other through acceptance and forgiveness, because we saw that three times. Yeah. I won't be specific. (laughs) I thought the music was great with this and the acting, the characters, the visuals, really fun, a lot of good humor Mm -hmm. in it as well. Yes. Uh, A lot of things that you'll want to probably rewatch to see. The puns. Oh, yeah. So many puns. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're talking about time, there were a lot of puns and a lot of things about time. And I tried to write down several of them. So many puns. And I'll get to those after we (laughs) share some of the spoilers. But one of the... A little bit more sobering things from this is at the end of the credits, it says, in loving memory of Alan Rickman. And I had to look up who that was because I didn't realize it. And I didn't even know Alan Rickman had died. Alan Rickman is the voice of Absalom, the caterpillar. Mm. You may know him as uh, Severus Snape from Harry Potter and also from uh, Galaxy Quest. And he has that very, he had that very unique voice. He did. And uh, an incredible actor, a great voice, a lot of fun, especially to hear him do comedy with that kind of voice. So to do something kind of whimsical like Alice in Wonderland or comedy. I always remember, stupid girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You stupid girl. So rest in peace, Alan Rickman. And he has contributed a lot of things. And a lot of other actors have said some really nice things about him too. So this was one of his last movies that he ever did, if not the last one that he was ever in. Hmm. I don't know the actual timing of some of the other movies when they were recorded and such, but this was certainly near the end. And he died from uh, pancreatic cancer, unfortunately. Hmm. So in loving memory of Alan Rickman, this was a beautiful story and it was beautiful to have him as part of it. Mm -hmm. I do have one more non-spoily detail that I want to share. I noticed that there was a cat in Alice's home and I'm wondering if that was dying. Dinah. Remember the cat, Dinah? Uh, explain that. because uh, In the cartoon, in the beginning, before she falls down the rabbit hole, she has a cat named Dinah, and she's singing to 
the cat singing, uh, like what her world would be like if she could imagine a world. You remember the cat? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. The cat didn't really appear anytime else, except for when Alice woke up again. But I just thought that was a fun detail that she had a cat. This is certainly a fun movie. I think family friendly as well. Very, yes, there are yeah. some moments of tension and peril <laughs> and uh, some stuff that might seem a little scary near the end where some things happen to some people that look kind of scary. Uh, but I mean, I'm talking about for younger kids, it might be scary, oh. but I think it's a fun movie. Very fun. Yeah. So we definitely recommend it, especially for Once Upon a Time fans, because it's Alice in Wonderland or the yeah. continuation of it. It's one of my favorite, one of my favorite stories. Yeah. So go see it if you can. And please comment on the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 253 with what you thought about the movie as well. And now we're going to get into our spoiler section. But before we do... I want to thank some people who made this episode of Once Podcast possible. Lisa Slack, David Newland, and Jill Sherrod, and our 31 heroes on Patreon. We could not do this without you. Thank you very much for supporting the podcast. If you would like to be a hero to the podcast as well, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support. Also, before we move on, I want to get a little personal and share something fun with you. <laughs> in a land near Cincinnati, someone is lurking in the darkness. Silent, growing, and waiting to get out. From award-winning podcaster Daniel J. Lewis and the absolutely gorgeous Jenny Lewis. Baby. Coming New Year's Eve. <laughs> yes, we're pregnant. We're really excited about Surprise! that. Surprise! So now that you can explode Twitter and the comments with congratulations and such, while you're doing that, let's move on to talking <laughs> about spoilers for this and what we thought. And now everything's free. We'll assume you've either seen the movie or you don't mind being spoiled because we will just share key plot points as it comes up in the conversation mm -hmm. and such. The, this whole story wraps around searching for the Hatter's family mm -hmm. and this thing that it seems like it's impossible. But as one of the lines that they said is, it's not impossible, merely unpossible. <laughs> I love the wording. They make up words. And time travel is involved with this. They did a good job with it. Yeah, I thought I love it when movies do a great job with time travel because that's kind of tricky, but they did a good job. And what's cool about the way that they did it, well, time, as you could tell from the trailer, time is a person. Mm -hmm. Time is a he. <laughs> so there were all kinds of funny lines. Yeah. Time is a cruel master. Time to go. It's tea time. <laughs> I have time on my side. I'm right on time. <laughs> yeah. All kinds of fun puns. Yeah. And uh, time can't, is a thief. You can't outrun time. <laughs> Did you already say that one? There are there are so many. Just count how many fun puns there are. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, the movie with its puns. There's a time. moment when time has stopped at the Hatter's tea party, and they're all just they're, well they're they're waiting for Alice because because he needs Alice. But anyway. All the time puns that are being thrown around. I mean, that scene was hilarious. Yeah, and 
We'll come back to that in a moment. One of the things that I thought they did really well with this time travel is how they told the story. So that's how this ended up being both a prequel and a sequel Mm -hmm. is it's technically a sequel to the previous Tim Burton Alice movie. But it also gives us a little bit of prequel because Alice goes back in time. So she gets to see some of these things that happened and got to see why is the Red Queen angry at the White Queen and that kind of thing. But also what I loved is seeing why is it one minute until tea time? Mm -hmm. Something, one of those questions like we never really necessarily asked, but was kind of one of those things we might have wondered because in the previous movie, I'm pretty sure I, I can't. I'm not absolutely sure about this, but I'm pretty sure there was something in the previous stories of Alice in Wonderland where they're like, it's one minute until tea time. And it's always one minute until tea time. (laughs) And now we get to find out that's because time, when he traveled through time, he trapped the Hatter Mm -hmm. and those at the tea party. Because he could do that because he's time. One thing that I love that he pointed out is kind of a rule of time was you can't change the past, but you can certainly learn from it. And that ended up being very true because nobody could change the past, no matter how hard they tried. Yeah, so there was none of this sort of thing like you might accidentally cause some rift in the time-space continuum, which actually did happen because of something else. But it's an easy way of time travel that no matter what you do, something still happens. Mm -hmm. The Red Queen will still hit her head. Yeah, Uh, The family will still be taken. Yeah. But you get to see what you couldn't see. Yes. I loved that the movie starts out pretty much right where it left off in the first one. Because we left off. She was on the boat. She was just starting her new career with her father's shipping company. Oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah, that was the very end when the butterfly flew past. She was just starting her career. And this uh, this movie starts several years later. And the scene opens on board Alice's late father's ship called The Wonder. I loved that. Mm-hmm. With her as the captain. And she was a great captain. Her men, like, they were pretty compliant. So she must have proven herself to them over the years. Yeah, she was very out of the box thinking yes. in that. And because of that, that's how she was able to discover new things, mm-hmm. meet new people and such. And I think a lot of that is because of what happened in the first Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland movie and how that changed her perception and realized she doesn't have to conform to the society. Yeah. Alice definitely knew who she was in this movie. I loved that. She was such a good captain. Mm -hmm. Going back to time, the person (laughs) that is the way they cast him was really fun. And the way that they animated him, was yeah. amazing with yeah. all of the little moving gears and parts. And he even, the way he walked. Yeah. It was kind of mechanical. Yeah. He had a me-shaped door. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he was kind of ditzy. He ran into his door, his me-shaped door. He did. He was kind of ditzy. It's certainly corny to have time be a person, <laughs> but they ran with that and made yeah. it even more fun yeah, by was... making him part of the comic relief among many of the other characters as well yeah i love when he got (laughs) impatient with alice and just he sped time up (laughs) to make her talk faster it was great i like the tender moments between alice and her mother and seeing them mutually respect 
each other. Mm-hmm. And in the end, when Alice comes back from Wonderland and she's like, no, we're going to keep the house because the house is for us, our family. I'm willing to sacrifice my dreams for our family to be together. Yeah. And then the mother just turns right around and she's like, well, no, I'm willing to sacrifice and let go of the past so that we can go on new adventures or yeah. so that you can live your dream. Yeah, that was a process. Like at the beginning of the movie, the mother was really unsure about her daughter and her daughter's goals and ambitions. But by the end, she was like, my daughter can do whatever she wants and I'm going to join her. (laughs) I love how they incorporated Hamish into this movie and how they made him kind of like Alice's rival. I thought that was really neat. And was he a character from a previous movie or story? Yes. Yeah, he was the one who proposed to Alice. That's right. Yeah, they mentioned that in this. It's been so long since I saw the original Alice oh. movie that I didn't recognize him. Yeah, he looks different. He's yeah. got a paunch yeah. and he had some more facial hair. <laughs> he still looks just as clumsy and sounds just as clumsy and moves just as clumsy, but <laughs> still the same Hamish. I liked it. I liked his role a lot. Very fitting that he would become a rival. One of my favorite lines in the movie was said by Time, and it's, your head is looking very, very big today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the best. It was, you never think you'd want to know, <laughs> how did the Red Queen's head get so big? But you get to see that. I loved seeing those backstories. Yeah. I loved seeing how the Red Queen, how it started, how she kind of fell out with her sister mm-hmm. and how she just came to hate her sister and how she got her big head. And because her big head kind of resulted from hate, I expected a little bit near the end of the movie, I thought that there would be something where when they've reconciled that her head would shrink back down no. because then she was feeling love and love you know, conquers everything. Love <laughs> is the most powerful <laughs> magic of all. Did you think the white queen would kiss her head and it would just <laughs> shrink again? <laughs> When I saw Alice wake up in the institution with her mother there, my first thought was that her mother had her admitted, but it was Hamish. And it was because (laughs) her mom said, they said they found you crawling under furniture and shouting something about the atmosphere. And when she said that, I was thinking, oh, no, are we going to figure out that Alice is actually crazy? Like, is this what it looks like to normal people? Is there no, no, no wonderland? Oh, yeah. I thought that for a second, but no. Because they cut so uh-huh. quickly from mm-hmm. she walked through a mirror and then poof. Yeah. She's in, in the, the insane waking asylum. Waking up in the, yeah. And, and there was a little bit with that insane asylum <laughs> that was. That was creepy. Very reminiscent of Once Upon a Time. Yeah. In Wonderland. Yes. And in fact, some of the trailers made it seem like it was a lot more connected than it was. But no, here they talked about uh, she was suffering from what they say, female hysteria, something like that, and that they were going to give her a treatment yes. that would make her better. Super scary. Yeah, big needle. Yeah. I thought it was really funny that the Queen Sisters' enmity started over a jam tart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the biggest arguments usually do start over the smallest things. And how that ties in with the original Alice's Adventures in Wonderland story, too, with the, the tarts and, you know, someone stole the Queen's tarts, yes. someone stole the tart. and Someone has eaten all my tarts! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think of some of the other side characters? Oh, I loved meeting the Hatter's family. Mm-hmm. I loved that. I loved that his, his dad was so serious. I really liked that. They, 
that did a good job. It was fun. And young Tweedles. Yeah. Young Hatter. Young Bayard. <laughs> yeah. And the young March Hare and the young Teapot Mouse. What's her name? I keep forgetting her name. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know it either. Oh, did you notice that Stain made a brief appearance in the movie? No. The Knave of Hearts? <laughs> His remains made an appearance. Ah. Uh, Do you nice. remember now? I, I didn't. No, I, I I don't even remember seeing that. That was when they were in the, the Red Queen's exile building and, <laughs> and Time was put in a chair next to Stain. And he was like, what happened to you? That's who that was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was so funny because, I mean, they were exiled together and they used to really like each other, but now he's dead. So I wonder how that happened. So if you haven't seen Alice Through the Looking Glass yet and you're just listening to this because you don't mind being spoiled, definitely go back and watch yes. the first Alice in Wonderland from Tim Burton and Disney uh, to understand some of these things mm-hmm. much better. One of my favorite quotes from time was something that he said at the very end. He said, they say that time is a friend to no one. I shall never forget you, Alice. Don't come back. (laughs) (laughs) I think the audience, all, everybody laughed at that part. I mean, don't come back after such a compliment, after saying something so nice, it's like, don't come back. (laughs) Well, after all here, Alice, who was about to destroy everything with, ripping a hole in the space-time continuum. She kind of started the whole mess. Yeah. And it made me kind of wonder, well, is this time the time for all realms? Although here in Alice in Wonderland, they made it seem like there's simply Wonderland and there's our world. Yeah. It's not like there are multiple magical realms. I got the impression that time, like he only controls and manipulates and manages the Wonderland time. Yeah, that's probably true because when the rust or whatever was catching everything, we did get to see the mirror, the looking glass from our world. That's true. And the glass was all rusted over, Mm -hmm. but nothing around it. So it didn't extend into our world. It was only inside of Wonderland. I thought it was really funny that the mirror to Wonderland was in Hamish's house. Like she kept having to go back to Hamish's house. To go back to Wonderland. I just thought that was funny. (laughs) And they had no idea. They just thought she was crazy crawling under all all the furniture and yelling about the atmosphere. Chronosphere. (laughs) Well, if you had a chance to see the movie, what did you think of it? We'd love your thoughts as well. Please go to oncepodcast.com slash 253 to comment on the show notes for this episode. Or share this episode out with your friends as well if they're interested in should they see this movie or should a oncer see this movie. Well, we definitely think you should. So go to the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 253 to share that out. Please connect with us on Twitter at oncepodcast. And I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at the Ramen Noodle. And I'm Jenny, and you can follow me at twitter.com slash Jenny'sNook. Remember that Once Upon a Time returns later this summer. We'll be back at some point in summer with some more spoilers, a review of the DVDs and Blu-rays when those are available, and more. So go to oncepodcast.com and make sure you listen to each episode as it comes out. And remember, do try not to break the past, the present, or the future. And thanks for listening.
Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for supporting this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to be a hero to the podcast too, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support.